Ridiculous. Welcome to Ridiculous, an extensive look into the world of Harry Potter. I'm Samantha. And I'm Robin, and we're digging deeper into a world we love to learn more about the Wizarding World. Uh, welcome back, everybody. We are now doing uh, Dumbledore Part 2, and as of right now, we're only doing three parts, but it could turn into four parts, so if it turns into four parts, uh, you're forewarned. Yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of information on him, and we we went from one episode to two episodes to three episodes, and now we're thinking that maybe we got four episodes. Yeah. So just bear with us. Um if you don't want to learn more about Dumbledore, then you know what? Turn us off. I don't care. Yeah. But we're going to talk about it. Skip Dumbledore anyway. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But I think, I really think that's the beautiful thing about this podcast is like, not only are we learning more about like this world that we, we love, but like we're also exploring like our theories behind it. And we're, right. We're looking into like, you know, um, one thing I'm going to ask you in a few minutes about Dumbledore and Grindelwald, that's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a rabbit hole. So we, we really get like... Yeah, so, I mean, but that that's the good thing is we can, we can allow it to be a rabbit yeah. hole and then we can always say, okay, well, we have this plan, but we can... Yeah, we're we can always change it. We're very flexible mm-hmm. on that. We don't have to stay. Oh, this has to be this right here. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like we're still at the very beginning stages of this podcast, but I think that's like the the main difference between like our maybe first four or five episodes versus what we're at right now. Is right. Because like we were very structured then, whereas like now we're very free and open, and we just talk. So. We do, but I I think we have, even though that was more structured yeah now we actually even though we may go over and Mm -hmm. we have to go into two to three episodes we we have a way that we do it yeah yeah so we we, the the flow of the podcast i don't want to say structure but is it flows better yeah than it did before yeah i would agree with that yeah and and to like, I wouldn't say it's like a... I would say more format. We have, like, a format down Yeah, to it. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'd agree with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now we're on Grindelwald. Yeah. And I don't like when people call him Grindelwald. Sorry. Do you want to know why? <laughs> because it's German. It's German. And, it's and there's no W yeah. in German. It is yeah. a ball. I, I do know that is correct. However, I'm stupidly American. Yeah, but <laughs> the British do the same thing. Well, I'm... They call him Grindelwald. Yeah. Uh, Jim Dale does it correctly. He does call him Grindelwald. Yeah. So... Yeah, and and I know you're correct. I do. I just... I I don't know why the Americans have to butcher everything. Why are you butchering it? Quit butchering it. We've had this conversation, Robin. Wash or wash. (sighs) I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's frustrating. It's just frustrating. I guess maybe... I have German German in my blood, yeah. you know, so it's kind of like, not that I speak fluent German, because no. I don't, I do, but I do know a little bit, you know, it's bald. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was squat in German. We, I actually had this math teacher uh, when I was in middle school, and uh, her name was Mrs. Small, but like, she was my math teacher, but she was also the German teacher, so we walked in and we're like, uh, she introduced herself as Frau Small. And if you called her Mrs. Small, you got in trouble. Like, it was just, she would refuse to be called Mrs. It was Frau. But we actually ended up calling her Frau Bologna. <laughs> she smelled like Bologna. <laughs> we were horrible. I love it. It's all. So, all right. You ready for Grendel Bald? Bald. Yes, yes. I am. Okay. So, this was, I, we kind of started him a little bit last episode, but we really wanted to wait to get into this more in this episode just because, like, it's heavy. It's not, I mean, I don't know heavy, but there's just a lot to it. And, and more coming since, you know, Fantastic, Fantastic Beast. Beast. Yeah. yeah. Not imaginary animals. <laughs> and where, right. where they may lie. Yeah. All right. So Dumbledore met Grindelwald soon after the mother, the death of his mother. Uh, Grindelwald is, see, there we go. Grindelwald. 
Grindelwald. I'm going to try, but, like, if I revert, I'm not going to stop and correct myself. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Grindelwald met, uh, was staying with his aunt, Bethel the Bagshot. Um, he ended up becoming friends with Dumbledore because uh, Bethel didn't introduce him, but Dumbledore recognized in Grindelwald uh, another intelligent person who was looking for more. Um, so Grindelwald had these ideas that he wanted to find the Deathly Hallows, and Albus was interested. So um, they ended up, you know, with the Deathly Hallows, but then, like, Grindelwald introduced his uh, ideas of wizarding domination, and Dumbledore kind of went along with it. So it's this point where I want to ask you, Albus, Albus developed feelings for Grindelwald. Um, when Joe came out that Dumbledore was gay, there was a lot of people who said she only did it because there was a lack of gay characters in the book. Do you think that he truly was gay or she just did it to appease people? I guess is kind of where I'm at with that. No, I think she had it in her mind that he was gay. I yeah. think she had, she may not have had him in a relationship with Grindelwald initially, um, but I think in her mind, he was always gay. Yeah. And then the story of Grindelwald kind of um, evolved. evolved in her mind, and she was like, oh, well, this is where he maybe he discovered his sexuality, or... He never thought about it, and he met Grindelwald, and those stirred feelings in him. And then he—I uh, mean, there's a, a number of ways that you can go about it. I do not think that she did it to appease anybody. Yeah, I she agree. never does anything to appease anybody on the planet. Yep, that is why she is the queen. Exactly. And so then, I don't know. I don't. My I feel like he in her mind he was always gay. Yes. And then the Grindelwald character came into play later. And, and she and she expanded upon that. Yeah. So one thing I will say is I feel that that Joe, like we say all the time on this podcast, she never does anything on purpose. So I think there's two reasons she waited so long to tell us that Dumbledore was gay. The first one is if you look at the timing of when the books came out. It's the '90s, right? So like right, the and 80s, there was you couldn't talk about that. It's illegal yeah. in Britain. Oh, I didn't know it was illegal. I, I think I read either someone in Swish and Flick podcast Facebook page posted an article, or I read an article. Mm-hmm. One of the two. I don't remember. But there were laws against gay propaganda in literature. Okay. And then that's been dissolved. That's been dissolved since then. So, yeah. And so she couldn't legally say he was gay. Right. Well, and I think, you know. Now, I could be, no. Go ahead. I could be wrong. Right. It might not have been a pure law or it might have been like a. Kind of like an unspoken. Something going on. I'm not positive, so please don't yell at me. Please don't jump on me. But I do believe that it was a law at the time. And she could not... Yeah, say it. Right. But, like, I also think, you know, at the same time, like, you know, you have the 80s. We're coming down off the AIDS scare at the time. Right. You know, I mean, we're probably at that point maybe 10 years or so removed from it. But at the same time, like, there's still a stigma at that time around being gay. It's not as accepted as it is now. I also think that Joe knew she wanted to develop him more. Plus, I think she knew that Harry's story wasn't the right place for that. Correct. Because so, it was Harry's story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how she... She would have figured it out. She's a genius. But I don't know how she would have yeah. slipped that in there. You know, because we didn't... I mean, that doesn't... It doesn't... It, it, it doesn't harm Harry, but it doesn't help Harry. Right. And the point of the books, this is Harry's, Harry's story. story. Yeah. And then later on, you come out, you know, and you say, well, Dumbledore's gay. That's why he didn't have, you know... Anybody, da 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 da, and I yeah. think somebody asked her if McGonagall. 
Now, I don't know if I can get this I right. Do, yeah, I've heard so, I think that. somebody asked her if McGonagall was gay, and she said no, she was in love, she, but yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. Because he was muggle. He was a muggle. I actually thought she was married and he died. I don't think... I think they got engaged, but then Maybe she she said she, it just wasn't going to work, so she didn't marry him. Yeah. Yeah. But I think... I think at the same time, you having two very strong characters as McGonagall and Dumbledore are both being single really sends a message because most of like Joe wrote these books because she was going through a hard time. Right. And so I think specifically McGonagall needs her own episode. By the I way. do too. But um, I think specifically for McGonagall, she wanted to portray women as being strong and able to be single. Right. So and the same for Dumbledore. was, um, And especially now looking back, now that we know he's gay and looking back, um, you know, strong men don't have to be straight, you know? Right. So, and she really, she does a great job with yeah, her development. That's her, that's her thing. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, Aberforth hated the plans that uh, Grindelwald and... Um, Dumbledore were about to partake in because they were going to go on like a world tour and like dominate the world and <laughs> I don't know. crazy stuff. Anyway, um, so Aberforth confronted. I hate every time like I get a sentence and Albus, Aberforth, and Ariana are all, all in, in it. it. Yeah. Also, I can't stand that when people like name their kids with the all first initial. Like it's like the same. I'm like, just stop it. One's enough. Anyways, range of the day. I'm sorry if your kids are named like that. I don't mean anything by it. Just don't ask me to name them all together. <laughs> Hello, Duggards. Yeah. No. No. Can't do that. Uh, we enjoy watching them. We we watch them. I I can't. I can't. There's too many of them. Amy's like, which one is that one? I'm like, I don't know. Let me look it up. <laughs> Thank God they put their names down at the bottom so you know who they are. I'm really like, the one with the J name. Right. You yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Aberforth confronted Albus because he felt that he was, Albus was neglecting Ariana. So Albus realized that Aberforth was right. And so um, Grindelwald then got mad that... Albert or Albus wasn't gonna go along with him anymore. So we end up in a three-way duel. And so it started because Grindelwald cast a Cruciatus Cursed. Aberforth, Dumbledore stepped in, Albus Dumbledore stepped in to defend his brother. So then three-way duel, and Ariana tries to step in, and somehow a stray curse hit her and killed her, but nobody knows who cast it. So, so here's go ahead. so I'm gonna interrupt you. Go ahead. So Albus carries the guilt. He does. Oh yeah, I'm getting into that. Yep. That he did it. It was his. Yes. It was his curse. He was afraid. Yeah. But we know Grindelwald. He knows. Also carries guilt for that. So. I think he knows who did it. I think yes. he knows he did it. So I'm, yeah. And I think that's going to come into play in imaginary animals. <laughs> just going to go Damn with it. it. Oh, just going to go with it. Yeah, ruined the whole series for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm actually, um, I, I get into that a little bit because you're, you're okay. on. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so Grindelwald fled because, like Robin said, like he knew he knows something. So Aberforth resented Albus because he blamed him for Ariana's death, and uh, at Ariana's funeral, punched Albus in the face, and that is where we have the crooked nose. The crooked, broken nose. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to his love for his family. Yeah. That he didn't fix it. Yeah. That he left it. That, that that's part of the guilt that he then, carries yes, that's what I was gonna say. and yeah. the love that he has for his entire family, yeah. including his brother. Yeah. You were, yes, I was in the wrong and I'm going to carry not only this guilt, but the scar yeah. throughout my life. And I think, 
I, I truly firmly, I relate to Dumbledore in this sense because you can not particularly get along with members of your family, but you can love them fiercely. Like my brother, I have two brothers. My baby brother and I are very close. And then our middle brother, neither of us are particularly close with him, but you mess with any of my brothers and you got problems. So I, I completely understand that. Um, so after Grindelwald left, Dumbledore returned to Hogwarts. He had always felt drawn to teaching and he, what do you want to do? So he went and he taught Defense Against the Dark Arts. And it is, uh, theorized, 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 yeah, I think that's right, theorized, um, that the reason Dumbledore wanted to teach Defense Against the Dark Arts was so that he could prepare future generations because he knew it was coming like he knew what Grindelwald was planning and he he wanted to prepare his students his you know kids um because of this um well so he he was friends with Nicholas Vimmel as well as a charms professor from Ilvermorny named Eulalie Hicks so, um, they had this book that they would, like, send back and forth, and they would, like, write messages to each other in it, um, and the Ministry of Magic was monitoring the, their relationships because they were afraid that they were spies for Grindelwald. Is the ukulele? Yep. it sounds like a freaking, the ukulele. I know. Right? Yeah. Is that the chick that's in the book? That he's that Nicholas Flamel is talking to in Imaginary <gasps> Animals Part Two. Oh my gosh, is it? I don't. I don't. I'm asking you. I, I have know. no idea. Oh, okay. But it would make sense. Because she sounds American. Yeah. She she doesn't have a British accent, does she? I have to go back and look. I have to go back and watch it. But I. Think, I just pulled my own hair when I did that. <laughs> but I think she's going to the the woman that's in the book that he's talking to. That's right, you pull it right <laughs> up there to your mouth. Sam adjusted her body and she had to adjust her microphone. Uh, that she's going to be in part three. Yeah, because we're going to She's going to get a bigger part in part three, the yeah. woman that's in the book. I wonder if that's. I don't. Did they say, I don't know if they say her name or. I don't think so. That's why, that's why I'm sitting here like, oh my God, is it her? Like, mind freaking blown if it is. Which, I don't know, Joe did it. Nothing should surprise me, but everything surprises me. So, are you looking that up? Yeah. You want me to go on? Yeah. Okay. So, basically, um, the next part of our section here is the first Wizarding War. Well, the first, if you want to get technical, there's like three Wizarding Wars, right? We have the first one with Grindelwald. Uh, and then the two with Voldemort. So, basically, the first Wizarding War is um, Dumbledore and um, like Dumbledore trying to kind of like track down um, Grindelwald. It's her. It is her. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah, it is. I wondered who she was. Yeah, but it's she's listed as that. Yeah. So Eulalie Hicks. That is. Yeah, amazing. she's the lady in the book. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. So I wonder if that's their book. Maybe they didn't write that the must, messages, and maybe they just communicated through. The that book. has to be. I think yeah. that's what they're talking about. That has to be what that is. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. You learn a new thing every day. I know. So. um... Yeah, just a quick summary. The first Wizarding War was Grindelwald. And so in my notes, I literally wrote, see imaginary animals and where they may lie, as well as crimes of Grindelwald. Just because the only reason I didn't go as into detail as of the, like, in this section is because, like, first off, we don't really know we don't everything know a lot that's going to happen. It. Yeah. But the second reason is, is, like, these movies are so new and so fresh to us that, like, if I went into them, I would, I would bore myself just because, like, I, you know, we know it right now. It's, it's fresh in our memory. So, fast forwarding to, I think, the 
40s or something like that. Um, Dumbledore is recruiting muggle-born students to come to Hogwarts. And he found Tom Riddle in, I want to say it was Woolworth's Orphanage. But, um, well, he was he was born at 26, is that right? Wooly? Yeah? Yeah. So he was born in 26, so he was 12. Okay. Or 11. So he would have been in the So 30s. he would have been in the 30s. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that when... Is that right? I don't know. Well, it has to be right. Robin! So, I'm sorry, I bumped the table. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I thought that in... When Riddle was there... Dumbledore was the transfiguration teacher. Yes, but Riddle's not there yet. Well, but he would have come in. So he was born in He was the transfiguration teacher well, that's when okay. Riddle was in the, his fifth year. We don't know what Dumbledore did prior to that. Now okay, do we? well, so then Riddle would have had to have been in his fifth year in 1943. Because Dumbledore began to be the train or started being the Transfiguration professor in 1943. So, anyway, Dumbledore was not at all charmed by Riddle's charisma. He was not impressed. Uh, he kept a close eye on him, which led uh, Voldy to hate and fear Dumbledore. So, the one thing about Dumbledore that I find extremely fascinating is that he has a knack for seeing the truth of situations. So Newt was, uh, Newt took the blame for something that Lita did. And so Newt was going to be uh, expelled for it. Dumbledore stood up and was like, nope, this is what happened. No, you can't suspend this kid. We don't really know if, if Newt got expelled or not, but we know Newt got to keep his wand because of Dumbledore. I thought, I thought he was expelled. I think he ended up finishing school. Not entirely oh, okay. sure. Okay. Um, as well, and like Hagrid as well. Dumbledore knew Hagrid didn't do it. So that's how and why Hagrid has his pink umbrella. Because Dumbledore was able to save his wand because he knew he was innocent. So um, at, at this time, the, the Boldy or Tom Riddle coming to Hogwarts thing. Grindelwald's still happening. So Grindelwald was out building his army. By this time, he had found the Elder Wand. Um, so we know about the Blood Pact. And so um, Dumbledore was still reluctant to go after Grindelwald, even after the Blood Pact was destroyed. Um, he was really holding on to love. And whether it was like... Um, whether it was love for the man himself or the person he thought he was... Or just the memory of the person that he knew when he knew him, he 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 just didn't he wouldn't do it because he loved him. Um, another reason that Dumbledore was reluctant to go after Grindelwald was because he knew that that Grindelwald he well he thought he knew that Grindelwald knew who killed Ariana who cast whose spell killed her. So he was reluctant to do that because he didn't want to find out that maybe his spell was the one who killed her. So that's what you were saying earlier. Right. So, yeah. Um, so eventually, Grindelwald got so powerful and so strong that Dumbledore just couldn't, he couldn't, couldn't deny it anymore. Um. Sorry, I had to stick a passy in a baby's mouth. All right. Um, there we go. All right. So eventually Dumbledore did find Grindelwald. And how this is going to play out, I cannot wait to see. But he eventually finds Grindelwald and the greatest wizarding duel thought ever took place. I I cannot... I'm going to... I'm going to say... Dumbledore and Voldemort. Mm -mm. No, no, look. Grindelwald. No, no. Dumbledore and Voldemort 
and the duel they had in the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. A hundred times fold. Better? Oh, you, oh, oh, oh. Bigger. The Grindelwald. Yeah, bigger. Okay. Because that was yeah. pretty epic. That's an epic battle. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going to say it's like maybe a hundred times fold more better. I mean. Hopefully it would be yeah. more better. Excuse my grammar. More better than Harry and Voldemort at the end oh, of seven, well, that was which sucked. Yeah, it has I mean, to be better than that. The book was epic. Yeah, and the movie was like, what the? Yeah, all what right. happened? Yeah, all right. Well, I know. But yeah, I think it'll be it's gonna be interesting to see it play out. Yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Um, so Dumbledore, we know he won the battle. And he took Grindelwald back to the magical authorities, who then took him and placed him in the uppermost cell of Nuremberg. Because of like defeating uh, Grindelwald, Dumbledore was awarded the Order of Merlin First Class, and then he just kind of went on to live his life. He um, was teaching Transfiguration, where he met students who would become loyal to him for life, like all of the Weasleys. Except for Percy for a hot second. Um, and others who would turn against him, like Malkus. So, uh, Dumbledore, he is such a, an interesting and complex character. Like, I really love this about him. He turned down the position of Minister for Magic multiple times. And the reason he did it was because he remembered the person that he was when he was seeking power and he didn't like that and so he saw that as a weakness power was a weakness for him but how much strength does it take to even recognize to recognize that yeah and to say i i know i can't do that yeah that's that's strength yeah right there that's that's huge yeah And, and harry did it too yeah Harry did the exact same thing, especially with the Elder Wand, because he, yeah. you know, he put it back. He didn't break it. Dumbledore. Yeah, he Don't go by the Dumbledore. movie. Yeah, no, he he put it back into the, in Dumbledore's tomb. Yeah. He fixed what he needed to fix, and then he put it back. So, I mean, you know, that, that was real strength as well. And I think he learned that from Dumbledore. Yeah. Well, and I think that's another reason why these books are so, so strong and so powerful to us, is because, like, lessons that we learn in them, like, like, Strength is recognizing your weaknesses and and either utilizing it or knowing when enough is, is enough. enough. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we get, as fans of these books, we get to learn from these characters and what we learn from them is invaluable. Right. Oh, definitely. I don't know, maybe like in your everyday life, like you don't really get the chance to, you know, recognize that like your strength can be your or your weakness can be your strength and your strength can be your weakness. So I love that. And I I think she she writes it in such a way that it doesn't quite hit you until you're doing something like this. Or listening to something like this. It's that undertone. Yeah. Yeah. Like you really have to read Joe's books on different levels because when you read them when I read them for the first time as, like, a maybe 10-year-old, I just read it for what it was. Right. A fantastical story about a boy who saved the world. Now, as an adult, I can look back and say, oh, my God, like, I learned so much from her as a kid. And that's why, like, you see these articles around all the time, like, Harry Potter, kids who grew up with Harry Potter and people who read Harry Potter in general are kinder people. Yeah. So. I, I listen to uh, Bob and Cherry. Mm-hmm. They're out of Charlotte. And, uh... I can't stand to listen to the radio. So luckily they have a podcast. So I download the podcast and listen to it the next day. Mm-hmm. So I get to skip all the commercials and all the music and just, well, anyway, so they were talking about uh, reading and the, the new generation of millennials and technology and all this. And she said, my oldest daughter would not be, she would not be reading at a level where she's at if it wasn't for Harry Potter. Yeah. That kept her reading through school. And I, I was like, oh, Harry Potter. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, and and Randall, he's so funny because, like, he he accepts my love of Harry Potter. But he's like, 
don't push it onto our kids sort of thing, which, sorry, we already know that's what happen. Like, she's literally right here while we're doing a Harry what? Potter podcast. <laughs> she is contributing. Yeah. And cute little boos and gagas. Anyway, I was at her pediatrician visit one day, and she said, are you reading to her? And I said, well, you know, sometimes. I said, I really want to read Harry Potter to her, but my fiance doesn't love it. She goes, no, read it to her. She's like, those words, like, the, uh, I don't think any of the words that, like, the spell words are made up, but, like, the Latin words, she's like, the different sounding words are great for her development. And so I'm like, when I cool. home, and I picked up Harry Potter, and I've been reading Harry Potter to her. There you go. Well, there's your reread. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I get a little distracted, and I think I've reread chapter one, like, ten times. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. But, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I got you. I got where you're saying. But, um, we'll get to it, baby girl. Well, we'll get to it, right? She, her patsy wasn't in her mouth a lot, like bad enough, apparently. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna get her her own copy of the um, illustrated books. Yeah, because she can't have mine. No, <laughs> we're 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 collecting those slowly. Yeah, I'm well, I have not the collecting first... them as fast as I should. Yeah, yeah, I know. Me too. I have the first two. I've got to get the next two. So. Yeah, so do we. Yeah, yeah, we have the first two. I got those for Christmas, and then I'm going to buy my next two. And then I have the Fantastic Beasts. That's a illustrated one? Mm-hmm. Shut the I've got the little, the little one, oh. and then I've got the big one. Yeah. I'll bring it over and let you look at it. Yeah. It's really cool. So don't go to Brian's. And, you, and the little tiny one has Harry scratch mark in it. Aww. And he, I can't remember what he was talking about. Now I have that one in audio. Audiobook. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He was talking about dragons or something, and Harry was like, and it, he made a comment, and Harry was like, yeah, right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's funny. I'll have to bring it. I'll have to let you look at it. I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. All right. More on Dumbledore. So, he became the headmaster sometime between March of 1965 and March of 1971. Um. We, we can't narrow that down? No. I don't know why. All yeah. right. <laughs> well, yes. We know it's this time frame because of Remus. Because he was... He... I think it's said that Dumbledore becomes a headmaster shortly after Remus was bitten. And we also know that I believe the Marauders came to school in 72. So, okay. therefore, Dumbledore would have had to have gone to the Remus family, or to the Lupin family, in, like, 70, 71. Okay. So, we know it was in that time frame. Um, again, with the strengths and the weaknesses, Dumbledore, he was, he's a great mind, he's a great thinker, we know this, but he would... Like, he became overwhelmed with the responsibility of being headmaster. That he would pace in his study, or he would just go outside and stand in the evening air to cool his mind. And I'm, or, <laughs> in the cool evening air to clear his it's mind. Fine. There we go. So, again, I think that's kind of, um, it shows the human aspect of a character like Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, where he's just so, we only hear, we don't only, but we mostly, when we think of Dumbledore on the surface, we think of him as, like, the greatest man but then like things like Aberforth and Grindelwald and um you know having weaknesses and things like that shows us that he's just another human being like the rest of us which is cool um so after he became headmaster he would help students with their homework which I thought was really cool that is awesome like for somebody who gets overwhelmed by having you know these responsibilities like this he would take the time out to help the students so um, he, after Voldemort left Hogwarts, he came back to Hogwarts and was at, or asked Dumbledore if he could be the, um, defense against the Dark Arch teacher, which, like I said earlier, Dumbledore always saw through Riddle, like, he knew that he was not, not a great person, like, he, yeah. so he was like, nope, not happening. Um... Dumbledore was always a staunch defender of Lupin. Like, you know, he... It's it's like like we were saying in the Lupin episode, like... It's like with the AIDS thing, you know? 
Um, you, you don't judge a person just because they have something. I think there are people there are people in this world who are leaders in in that area that when you show the world it's okay, the world starts to change. For example, yeah. I'll give you an example. Perfect example. Diana. Yes. Went to an AIDS hospital without gloves on. Yeah. Would touch and hold and talk to and put put her hands on AIDS yeah. patients. And the press went absolutely freaking wild. Yeah. But she showed, I don't have AIDS. Yeah. I'm not going to get it this way. Yeah. And it's okay. And you can have compassion and you can love on them. And it's okay. And the world at that point started to shift. Yeah. To say, oh, it's not a disease that if you look at me, I'm going to die from it. Right. And I think and it that, takes... And that's kind of where Dumbledore comes in with, with the defense of Lupin. Yeah. I, I really think it takes... It, basically, just what you said, Like I think it takes people like Lady Di and like the fictional characters like Dumbledore to show that like we don't need to... like. The world can change if you just show compassion and kindness. Like, you don't need to go out and, and change the world. Like, you don't need to make a big grand gesture. Just be freaking kind. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's it. Just be nice. Can we just end every, every episode with just be just freaking be, kind? Just be, not, just be freaking kind. <laughs> like, was, like, I... And, it, you know, this time of year especially... Here goes a tangent. But this time of year especially, like... We're recording this in December, so, like, I think we're, like, maybe, like, a week and a half out from Christmas, and my cousin posted on Facebook that she was picking up her son at school, and a lady honked at her and flipped her off. She's picking up her 10-year-old son. Eight? Her intermediate level aged child. I can't remember how old he is at this moment. Her elementary child son. Well, I, actually, I think she was picking up her twins, who were seven. But anyway, oh, okay. You're first off. We're a week and a half out from Christmas, and you're going right. to do this. You're at an elementary school. Like, what does that teach these children? Like, you. It's just if people would just think about their actions before they went and did stuff like that. Right. You know. Just, just be freaking kind. Children are cruel, mm-hmm. but they don't, they're not cruel on their own. Yeah, they, they learn, learn that at home. Yep, that's exactly it. That's what I'm saying. Like, if everybody would just show, like, I don't care if you, you can be the biggest jerk in the world, but if you make the effort to change, you're going to be a better person in my book. Yeah. If you just, like, even if you're the sweetest person, just do one kind thing a day. Yeah. That's it. Just do one kind thing. It's not going to kill you. Maybe we could put that in. Do one kind thing a day. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah. I like that. Just. Be a reminder for us, too. It would be, yeah. And the little, and that's what I, like, and it could be the smallest thing. Like, let somebody over on the highway when you're driving. It's not a big thing, and you're not going to change the world. And you're still going to get to your wherever you're going on time. Exactly. Exactly. That can be a whole other tangent. <laughs> well, let's, let's not, yeah, let's not go over there. But yeah. Yeah. Just be kind. And now I'll continue. <laughs> I had told you people to be kind a hundred times, so I think you get it. But uh, I, can I like start, instead of bye, can I just close out with just be freaking kind? Yep, yeah, can do I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to do that. Yep. Maybe I'll combine them. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, he was, he was Lupin's biggest defender. He put in the Whomping Willow and the Shrieking Shack, both so that this kid could have a quality education. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a safe environment as yeah. well. Well, because he lived in And not, and not a uh, um, hostile environment. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, he took every precaution to make sure that he'd be protected. And that his other students were protected as well. I mean, he, yeah. you know... He, both sides it's of the coin. Exactly. Yeah. It just it just shows like the level of not only intelligence but kindness. Yeah. And compassion that Dumbledore had. 
yeah. that he could do this for him. Um, and the trust it, that uh, Lupin's parents showed, that Rainbow's right. parents showed. Um, it's like I mentioned earlier, like, Dumbledore had loyal people around him. So, um, Dumbledore created the Order of the Phoenix, which, again, was filled with his loyal people. Um, this was to fight Voldemort and to protect, like, the good people. Um, so the prophecy about Voldemort, the fall of Voldemort, was made by Trelawney to Dumbledore. The reason that Dumbledore ended up giving Trelawney the position at Hogwarts was not because she was good at divination. (laughs) It was to keep her safe from Voldemort because the day she made the prediction, Snape overheard and he ran straight to Goldie and was like, look, this is what's happening. And so Dumbledore was like, we gotta keep her safe. So then um, when Snape realized that the prophecy or that uh, Dumbledore, Voldemort had chosen Harry to be the chosen one, he ran back to Dumbledore and was like, you have to protect the Potters. So he did. He tried to protect the Potters. And it would have worked had the Potters chosen a better secret keeper. Like Dumbledore. Yeah, like Dumbledore, who offered to do it. I mean, I, I get... Get you want your best friend to do it, blah, 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 blah. but how about you have a per, you have a protection set in place where you know that Voldemort don't mess with Dumbledore. Yes. Yeah, that would have been the intelligent thing to do. Yeah. But um, and honestly, like in my notes, I haven't, I didn't really put a lot more uh, in my notes just because at this point, this is where the Harry Potter story picks up. Right. This is where we know. The ins and outs of Dumbledore through these seven books. Um, we know that he died. I'm trying to remember the date of his death. Let me see if I can look it up. Well, it was the end of the sixth book, so it had it to have been like May was, or June. It was June. Um, I'll come back to it. Um, so I wanted to get into the etymology of uh, Dumbledore, and I love this. Because I love bumblebees. But anyway, that's my little excited point. So anyway, Dumbledore is an old English word for bumblebee. J.K. Rowling stated she imagined Albus Dumbledore fitting, flitting about Hogwarts Castle humming to himself. Which is so cute. Like, it's not, it's not even fair how cute it is. Like, I could see Dumbledore doing that. So the name um, Albus, Joe does nothing on purpose. That's another, like, saying of our podcast. The name Albus means white or bright. Okay, then. Um, The name Percival, which comes from Albus's father, um, means... Let me just read this. It says, the name Percival is an English baby name. Uh, In English baby names, the meaning of the name Percival is... Pierces the Valley, one of the knights of the Round Table who searched for the Holy Grail. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, where did Wolfric go? Sorry, I uh, somehow managed to lose the name of the meeting. Wolfric. There you go. So the name Wolfric is a boy's name, meaning wolf power. Where, how, where does that come from? I know. I wonder if we're going to learn anything about that in the... Has to be, there has to be a reason behind it. Yeah. There has to be something that's going to come into play that we have no idea. I mean, the only like thing I can connect it to is Lupin. But, like, she wouldn't, I don't think she would go so far as to put it in Dumbledore's name. Not unless it comes into play. Right. It's gonna, you know. Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, it has to. I, I mean, she doesn't do anything on purpose. No, exactly. She <laughs> so doesn't. I, I can't wait to see that. 
Um, and then Robin was asking me about this earlier, and I'm kind of curious too because, like, she's like, "Where does Brian come from?" I mean, do you want to have four names for your kid? I mean, yeah. that's fine if you want to do that. That's I totally get it. There are some people who have four names, some people who don't have any middle name. It's just one do do. You know, yeah. it's you know, your I first name. Nice. Joe doesn't have a middle name. Joe Rowling. Yes, she does. It's Joe Ann Rowling. That's it. Where's the K? That is her uh, author name, J.K. Rowling. I know, but I thought... The K, K means nothing. It don't stand oh. for nothing. Michael J. Fox. J don't stand for nothing. Oh. It's Michael Fox. But he put oh. J in there. Well, so Haley has two, three names. So Haley, Deanna, Rose. Amy got about ten. She's got my name and my grandma's name. So, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of them in there. I don't know what all they are, and I'm not going to say. I, I remember it's that she's Amy, got Deanna, Haynes, but there's like Samantha mm-hmm. and... Some other stuff in there. <laughs> she, we were sitting in my birth, sh- my uh, baby shower, and um, I think she saw the sign. She, or, yeah, you have yeah. her name. Yeah. Um, she was like, oh, you named your baby after me. Yeah. And you were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden she goes, well, this is my name. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, yeah. There's you like, said what? Well, it's, you know, it's that Catholic thing, man. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole bunch of them in there. Yeah. I don't try to remember them. It's just, I just let her tell them. Yeah. Well, and the only reason... I know the major important names. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my great-grandma, her name was like that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My family will call me and be like, what was great-grandma's name? Oh, God. Here we go. Yeah. But the only reason we gave Haley two middle names was because we were originally just going to give her Rose after his grandma. But I was like, but what if we only have one girl? Like, what if we have one girl and three boys? And I'm like, then I can't name a baby after my grandma. And I was like, can we just give her two middle names? And so he agreed, and she's Haley Deanna Rose. So, Which is absolutely beautiful. I love it. Uh, it really yeah. is really good. Yeah. I love it. I, I will just say her name, and I'll just stare at her. Because, like, for the longest time, she was just a name. She wasn't a little baby. She was just a name. So, um, not that I meant to interrupt you. Oh, no. You talking about the baby, because she's beautiful. I know. I could talk about her all day. Let me finish the uh, etymology of Brian. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Oh, we got distracted. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so Brian, um, it's an Irish name, which means high or noble. Maybe that is where Brian comes from. Meaning oh, noble. High or noble. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Yep. And I am done. Okay, so it we're at a point where we can stop, mm-hmm. and then three could be the books. Okay. And, and maybe we'll only do three. Okay. Um. But now don't get your hopes up and, and get all sad and think, oh, they're only doing three. We may do four. We don't know yeah. yet. But right now we'll end this, and then we'll do three and see how that goes. I'm still We're not going to be rushed. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do the day in history. Yeah. I'm still calling it Dumpling and Larry. That's fine. It's a horrible name for it. That, I'm that's it all right. Dumpling yeah, Larry. that's all right. Um, so on our Potter history... We have the tragic Gallic poem written about the game of... Okay, look. Disclaimer. Just because I can pronounce one Gallic word does not mean I can pronounce them all. So, the tragic Gallic poem written about the game of... Creosir? Let's go with that. The poem tells... Yeah, that looks right. Okay, I'm loud. But, yeah, but also, like, you saw how Salwin was spelled. So, That's true. Yeah. That's um, true. I can click on it and see if there's pronunciation. The, t- the poem tells of 12 men playing a round of Creosian, during which 10 of their number, <laughs> 10 of their numbers were fated to die. So. I don't know if I would want to play that game I if you're do. fated to die. I would not either. Um. Let me, let's just kind of go into this. It says, Creosian, popular in the Middle Ages and invented in Scotland, is considered to be the most dangerous of all broom games. So I think this is a form of um, Quidditch. Oh, okay. That's what I'm, I'm picking Okay. Up. All right. Uh, it says, here we go. Let's just read. It says, no, playing the game involves trying to catch hundreds of falling rocks and bludgers within Cauldron. Oh my god. Oh my god. What are they thinking? Okay. Well, you're going to be fated to die if you've got to catch falling boulders and rocks and bludgers. Girl, just wait. Okay. There's more. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. 
Okay. So playing the game involves trying to catch hundreds of falling rocks and boulders, bludgers within cauldrons strapped to the players' heads. So they can't see. Well, I'm assuming like the top of their head. Yeah, but it Okay. Yeah. All right. It says it inevitably caused huge numbers of fatalities and was banned in 1762. You think? I mean, come on now. <sighs> Anyways, it says the uh, Creosian was the subject of a Gallic poem in the 11th century, referring to ten member or ten men of the twelve being killed during a match. A campaign by Magnus Dithead MacDonald tried to overturn the ban in the 1960s. But was unsuccessful in the convincing of the Ministry of Magic to do so. Quidditch Through the Ages author Ken Kenilworthy Wisp wondered whether the Scottish warlock mentioned by Gertie Kettle at a game played on Quidditch Marsh had introduced the concept of flying rocks from Creothian. Uh, etymology. Maybe this is horrible pronunciation. It says the Scottish and Irish Gallic word Cian means head, and the word crea is a raid or foray, or the plunder and booty obtained therein. Um, <laughs> this says, somehow flying around on brooms trying to catch rocks in cauldron-topped helmets really does not appeal. Wizards certainly have a different view of health and safety than muggles. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Let's play it, Robin. No, let's say we did and we didn't. Can we play it with Nerf balls, maybe? I would be willing to do that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Go for it, Robin. Right. Oh, no, this is me. That's you. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. All right. Be sure to join the Facebook page. Guess what I did? You fixed it. I fixed it. Yay. <laughs> be sure to join our Facebook page, Ridiculous Podcast Group, and follow us at Twitter and Instagram at RidiculousPod. You can follow me at Instagram, on Instagram, at Samantha Goddard 3 I'm, uh, you can follow me at Running My Pups. Mm-hmm. Also be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Next week, Dumbledore Part 3. Yeah. Double and, January. And we may have a Part 4. We don't know yet. You'll just have to listen and find out. Yep. Um, thank you for listening, and we hope you come back for more Potter. We do not need magic to transform the world. We carry all the power we need inside ourselves already. J.K. Rowling. Go be freaking kind. Bye.